Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a post-match point in association with Purity as Aston Villa win 2-1 away at Crystal Palace. An excellent day at Selhurst Park. Just while we're talking about Purity, if you do want to get 10% off all their beers and ales, you can use the code hashtag VillaView and that will get you the discount. I've just got back from Selhurst Park, so I just fancy doing it, to be honest. A rare away game where we actually win when I go and a rare time when I've only had only one beer. So I thought, yeah, let's jump on. Let's talk about the game. And I'm happy to have Neil with me, who's also watched the game from his house, I believe. Neil, how are I you? I hope it's my house and I didn't stumble into somebody else's. Because unlike you, I've... I mean, it's a different layout. It's a different layout. It's a different layout than normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unlike you, I've had more than one beer. Uh... Okay. <laughs> didn't tell me that before we arranged to do the show. There's only three. I'm only three. And so I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Okay. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be grand. <laughs> Yeah, a Villa away win. Feels like a while since we've been speaking about a Villa home win and then they go and win at home last week and they've done the same again. But away from home, and I don't know about you, Neil, but I had a thoroughly enjoyable day and thought it was a very good away performance. Yeah, look, one of the, I suppose, one of the surprise packages in the league, obviously, Crystal Palace this season, getting a great bounce from having a new manager in Patrick Vieira. Um, you know, they've, they've utilised players very well. Obviously, Conor Gallagher getting all of the um, other plaudits that he deserves for a fantastic season so far. And then in Rock, Aston Villa, and, you know, very much so in the first half. Absolutely dominate them yeah. in the first half. And and, and that's that's something that we like, that, that's nice to see because I know last season when there was no fans in grounds, Villa were going away and they were getting decent, uh, they were getting decent results. Uh, well, they were getting more than decent results away, but you know, this time you go into the into the Lions Den, and we haven't had very good, you know, away performances um, this season. Well, we've had okay, but but you know, it, it was nice to get a get away performance like this against a team that was considered a form team at the time, and obviously with everybody in their backyard. So uh, with fans being allowed back into the stadium, and for us to come and dominate a team like that in the first half, I think it was fantastic. Trying to call out the comment that just popped up on the bottom of the screen, Chris Dolan, asking where his invite was. 
you could have been in the game today and you said like you actually said it live on the video on thursday i am busy on saturday so i assumed plans with the wife went into the evening so dolan i I bother if you want to come on by all means get adam to to sort you out and we'll we'll, we'll get your link over and pop on but you know you said you were busy with with your wife so I, i left i left you to it yeah, you could have been in the game today and you chose not to, so naughty points for that. Yeah, first half, we were very, very good now. I thought it was as good a away first half as I've seen Villa put in for, for many a year. And that's actually Palace. That's the first time they've lost at home all season. You know, we beat Brighton last week. That's the first time they've lost away all season. We're starting to look like a, a decent side over the last over the last couple of games and there's loads of little things I've, I've picked oh jeez get him off get him off look I can hear Dolan he's out he's not even he's trying to come on the show and he's not even at home <laughs> absolute shambles <sighs> please, please can you mute him there Adam because all I can hear is Dolan's not out <laughs> he's gone don't know what's going on here sorry apologies absolute shambles sack the producer because all I can hear is Dolan now on his night out and nothing else <laughs> <laughs> but there's some really interesting things now. I know it's straight away. I had a different where I normally sit in the whole end, so I use when I'm watching football, yeah. I'm usually behind the goal. Today I was in the director's box, so I'm not gonna go on about that too much, but that's that's where I was. I had a different mm. viewpoint on that, yeah, on the halfway line. But I tell you what, straight away from minute one, you could see the stuff they'd worked on in training. Because when Villa when a player pressed, they all moved as one. It was so intricate. There was so much rhythm in, in what Villa were doing and you could just see straight away that they knew where they were supposed to be tactically, off the ball, on the ball. We pushed the full-backs really, really high up and McGinn and Ramsey did a lot of great defensive work that you probably wouldn't have even noticed because they didn't bomb on forward. They would always push wide and cover off the Crystal Palace wide players whilst the full-backs pushed up. So it was a very tactically astute performance from Villa today. I was really pleased with what I saw. I agree. I absolutely agree with that as well. And I agree with the with, with the McGinn and Ramsey piece as well. Like that Ramsey ran himself into the ground, didn't get on the ball as much. In the first half he did. Um, but but definitely in defensive positions, you know, I thought that they got back very well. And and you know, you have to you know, you have to throw your hands up and say, say marvellous that Kamba is, you know, as you mentioned there, guy. yeah, but as you mentioned, they were not moving in that unit. Um he just doesn't he he and he did. He actually did against Watford in the first game of the season. But but in the last two games, he doesn't leave his defensive duty. If that makes sense. So when the, it's easier for the two guys to move in that to, to move either side of him, if he's staying there as kind of the keystone at that at 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 that defensive midfielder position. And I really liked how he played, and it, it allowed the other two guys just to get around the field. Uh, I, I thought was fantastic in in, in defence. But it's it's interesting. I noticed something in attack as well, and it's something that hadn't happened under Dean Smith, but. Have you noticed the amount of balls that are played into feet in and around the middle of the field or maybe just bordering on the attacking third? Played into feet. The person who gets it just lays it back to the player who's just played the ball. and are, are just Yeah, a lot of one-twos. Yeah, a lot of one-twos, a lot of just around the corner passes and triangles and stuff like that. And it's so funny. It's, it's like we're all taught it from 13, 14 years of age playing football. But it's so simple. And you see, it's, it, it allowed us to break at pace almost better than if you were to give it to Liam Bailey and let him run straight. Because what it did was it moved defenders and it moved the central midfielders. And, and, and to be honest with you, Kayate is he's just an anti-footballer. He was an anti-footballer today. I thought he just, I did was, he was immune to getting a yellow card today. But um, it really got him off his perch. 
and and he and we forced them into making tackles, last ditch, last ditch tackles, sometimes tackles from behind. They, they got away with things like that. But I was really impressed with that in the first half. That it, it played into our strengths of of getting the ball forward quickly without having to lump it up into the sky. Um, because Watkins wasn't going to win the ball against Guy and uh, and Tompkins up there. Watkins had one of those days where he absolutely ran his socks off, worked so, so hard up top. He said one of those days where he'd have spells where the ball would just keep bouncing off mm. him, couldn't seem to get it under control. You know, as I say, he worked so, so hard. But I do think there's still some work to be done in in the front three. You know, he was a different front three today. You know, Young and um, Bailey came in, when there and Ings made way. So that's two different front threes across Steven Gerrard's first two games. I thought it was kind of a, a more of an away front three today, the way he set up. And I think the, the game before, obviously, we were at home, was more of a home setup having Buendia in there. But we did Watkins, even though he didn't have his best game, he would just get us a little bit higher at the pitch than, than I think we would be. And as I say, you know, the ball bounced off him quite a lot. He, he, he struggled with hold-up play today, despite running his socks off. But you know, Young had a good had a good game in and around him. Ashley Young was really, really good today. I thought just to give that level of experience and know how on the pitch knows when to go backwards, knows when to go forwards. He just did the right things at the right times, and that was really noticeable today. Plus, I thought Mings, especially mm-hmm. in the first half was imperious today. Mm-hmm. There was one run where Benteke ran at Villa's, Villa's defence and could have got himself through on goal and Mings got himself back in. He made it look really easy what he did, but it, but it wasn't. It was a really, really strong performance from Mings again, building on what he did against Brighton last week. And he looks like he's getting towards somewhere back to his best now. Yeah, just just on the actually young part, part first year when you mentioned it was no way performance, um, and again into the Mings piece piece afterwards, but actually even going back two two questions ago when you mentioned that there was a different kind of a setup up there, and uh, I think Ashley Young was played up there for specifically to kind of add that extra bit of kind of notes and leadership up up top because you know it can be very difficult with Mings being centre half. Obviously, he's got his own duties. He's a captain. He's going to be calling the defensive plays. He's going to be calling the you know you know things at, at corners potentially and set pieces. But when you move up the field, and now that we've got people back into the stadium again, when we had no one in the stadium, first thing everyone would say is you could hear Tyrone Mings from a country mile away. Whereas now there's people back in the stadiums. You know, having somebody up there like like an Ashley Young to to maybe communicate the manager's thoughts or to communicate maybe you know the setups or the, or, or the um, you know the formational changes that they were making um, is, is is very beneficial. And and I said it in our in our own uh, team sheet tantrum beforehand that potentially you know the fact that the this um, old habits die hard. I know you said Dean Smith, uh, Stephen Gerrard had uh, has only had the bones of about what. 10 days with all the players, I would say, if even, considering they were, were away on, on international duty. You know, you need somebody who can maybe give reminders on the field to players. And I know that might sound silly when you've got professional footballers, but I think that was that that was one of the reasons why Young was played up there was, you know, from, from his leadership skills more so than anything else. And he had a pretty good game. I thought, obviously, he got the assists. But uh, you mentioned Mings there. I thought Mings was fantastic. Dealt with Benteke. Didn't get involved in anything. Zaha was his natural self there, uh, you know, trying to wind people up. And he got his yellow card and didn't play particularly well. But Mings didn't rise to anything in there. He was fantastic. And when he went down with that ankle injury, I was really worried um, you know, that maybe he was going yeah. to be gone for a couple of weeks because, you know, we don't need him gone for the murderer's row of games that we have coming up. And, uh, you know, fair play to him. I think that he's really kind of steadied the ship back there. And, uh, and, and um, you know, today was another another performance that he can be proud of. 
yeah, I mean, this show's very off the cuff, so it may seem a little bit all over the place, but I'm literally just thinking things and just saying them to Neil because I've just got back. And I'm just thinking about the defensively the shape today I found quite interesting. So when we were defending off the ball at the back four, not just a, I wouldn't say they were narrow. I wouldn't say they were they were spread out. They were just just normal. Then you've got the you had the three in front of them. But when we were defending, the two off Watkins, they come inside so so narrow to defend. It's like we're smothering the middle of the park. For, we were forcing Crystal Palace out out wide. But then when they were to go out wide, the people on the outside of the, the midfield three, they'd be so quick at getting out. You were never really disrupting the back four. It, I thought it was quite clever. What Villa, what Villa did today, I was, I was really, really impressed with it. You know, we li- limited Palace, really. Palace were a good side with a lot of tricky and dangerous players. I mean, especially in the second half. I had a little bit more joy when they went 4-2-3-1 and put Eze as a 10. Mm. But Villa, again, I can't tell you the difference in the shape and the game management. It's just, it's just I can't put my finger exactly on what's changed, but it just feels so much, so much more efficient it just feels more like everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And I'm sure they knew what they were supposed to be doing under Dean Smith, whether or not they actioned it was was another thing. But we just seem well-drilled. That would be the phrase that I would keep coming back to, which is so impressive given the short time that Gerard's had with the team. And, and, and for me, it comes back what you mentioned there about the you know, the different setup that Young and Bailey did come in. I thought Young probably came in, came in off his flank a small bit more, even to make it at times of 4 4 with Ramsey playing out in the left and and Bailey kind of, and, and McGinn and Campbell being in, in, in midfield, um, but I think that's that was that was you know a very wise decision was to push them wide because it meant that uh, Zaha and Alisa could had to stay away from Benteke and they were it meant that they couldn't play the long ball up the field to to just to get Benteke and try and get the second balls and they didn't do that an awful lot but they couldn't because we crowded them out in midfield Kuate and Emil Milivojevic. Um, in, in in there they they were they just decided that they were going to stop and they weren't going to play football and it was really on Connor Gallagher's shoulders to kind of carry the ball forward. Joel Ward is a right. He's team. a good player. He's a very good player. Very good player. But Joel Ward, you know, he's he's a, a holdover for for years with Crystal Palace and I'm sure he's a favourite. Like we would have had maybe somebody like Mark Delaney. He's appreciated by their fans more so than he's appreciated by other fans. But um, you know, Mitchell wasn't at the races, so that when they did go wide. They, they had to nearly try and come back inside again as well, which played into our favour. But it was a lot of it came down to, um, you know, the defensive work. And as you mentioned, of McGinn and, and, and Ramsey being able to cover off the full backs, being able to, to cover that ground um, and cover their own sides of the field, allowing the Cambet to stay as that as that linchpin in midfield as well. It was, uh, it was very, very disciplined, I think, is, is the word I would use. Yeah, there's just an identity and a plan both going forward and defending at the moment that you can you can visibly see. I saw signs of it against Brighton, but now they've had the extra time. There's definitely a lot of things I picked up on today but when I was watching the game. Let, let's talk about the key moments of the game. So we've talked about fullbacks being high. Matty Target in the box mm. for a corner, which I don't think we've seen much of, if ever, at, at all, unless we were desperately chasing a game. You know? He finds himself in there, takes up a, a clever position, nice first touch. Lashes it home. Keeper perhaps could have done better. Benteke maybe got in the way a little bit of him or he thought Benteke was going to deal with it. But good to see Target in the box and good to see him pick up a goal. And he's been very good. I thought he was man of the match in the last mm-hmm. game. And he was very good defensively today. So I thought his all-round game against Brighton was excellent. But defensively today, he really stood out. And to, to add a goal 
as well. It's been a really good seven days for Matty Target, hasn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, you love to see good things to happen to good guys. And, and like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try and rewrite history and say that we didn't dig him out at times and say, geez, he could have had a better game. And, and there have been games like that. But, you know, after his his interview that he gave after, was it the Southampton game? And he looked like a broken, broken man. The last two games have mm. just shown such character and courage. And, and, and I'd nearly even go so far as to say his courage from him as well, because he hasn't shirked any of his duties against, as I said, it is against, um, he was against, uh, who was it today? It was Elise today and then, and uh, Tariq Lamptey last week. And, you know, he pinned Elise back and he had his, he had his fill at Joel Ward when, whenever he needed to go forward. And as you say, for, for him to get a goal like that, it could be a real turning point in his season, you know, from a confidence point of view, because, um, you, you know, he, he's just, if, if you were to pick a guy who felt like he was down, he's looked to kind of get a break, uh, it probably would have been Matt Target. And, and you know, we, we don't have much competition for him at left back. So we need Matt Target playing well, uh, you know, until we do have competition for him. And uh, as I say, I was absolutely thrilled for him. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah, lovely finish from Matt Target. Good to see him on the score sheet. And then, you know, start to play some nice football at 1-0. McGinn nearly scores with a lovely bending shot. In, in the first half, we go into half time pretty happy with what we've seen. Second half, Ramsey runs himself into the ground. Louise comes on, could have left the pitch. I mean, I haven't seen it back, but straight away, you just thought that is never, ever yeah. a red card. It's never been a red card in a million years. I don't know what, I don't know what you, I don't know whether that's correct, what I'm saying, but obviously it got overturned by VAR. I'm presuming it was a joke decision. Yeah, it wasn't great. Like, like, this is a rookie ref coming in. He had a, he has. Yeah. You could tell it was yeah. his first game. He looked overawed. First, I thought. first, te- first, I'd say even two, three minutes, Crystal Palace players got around him. They gave away free. They gave away free at the edge of the area. I can't remember who was fouled. It may have been Jacob Ramsey. And uh, they got around him straight away. And I just, you, I, I wouldn't even say overawed, but I think he, you know, he, he had a reputation in the championship of cards, cards, cards. And I think he was just going to ref to his to his standard, you know, today as well. And when the opportunity came to get came to potentially give a red card, he gave it and panicked. He pa- didn't give himself any thinking time. Not I mean I'm not referee. He gave himself zero thinking time at all. The ref, it was almost like as soon as Louise even went for the tackle, he was in his back pocket. Absolutely, and it was like a clash of their back legs, if I remember rightly. So it wasn't that he went over the ball or he didn't like he had lost control of the ball, all right. But the tackle certainly was not dangerous. Like even when you looked at back, look back at it, um, the the commentators never never saying, yeah, that would have been a harsh red card as well. So, um, I was incensed when the red card came out straight away. I was like, oh, didn't look like a red card, but and even in the replays, I don't think it did as well. But like, I, I um. I was going to say I would have felt Howard Dunbar if it was one of our guys, but it was one of our guys. Yeah. <laughs> would have felt Howard Dunbar if he had not been overturned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looked straight away. I mean, it was right in front of me. I just thought there's that. That isn't it. Just looked like he slipped. Mm. I, yeah. I thought, and kind of it carried him into it. There was no intent, no malice whatsoever. There's no like high. It wasn't yeah. high. Just not studs up. But I just thought it was a bizarre decision to to throw the red card at him. I mean, once they go over to VAR, you're pretty confident that it's going to be overturned. It would take a very, very strong referee to just carry on going with that decision. And I yeah. don't think it, that was the ref no. for that Not kind of thing today. No, no. I mean, VAR's worked there. I'm not just saying it because it's Villa, but VAR has worked mm-hmm. there. That is what it's there for, and it's done us not not done us a favour, but it's overturned something that should never have happened. So for us, VAR has been a good thing today. So I guess that's a positive. We've slagged VAR enough over the years, so I think guess we should praise it when it works in our favour. Yeah, and we again subs. That's something Gerard's 
had a good run with so far. Both games, subs have made an impact. And Wendell and El Ghazi both came up on the pitch. And El Ghazi has not had much time in those two games, but he definitely made an impact in both games in his in his brief cameos. Lovely, lovely goal. Great work from Wendell. Great work from El Ghazi. Looks like he's perhaps overrun it and has got himself into one of his coldy sacks, but he just manages to shift it to McGinn. And it's one of those ones that as soon as he's lining up to hit it, you've just mm-hmm. got a feeling that it's going to go in. And he did. Yeah, lovely finish. And McGinn, three goals, I think that is for him this season. I'm pretty confident he only scored three goals last season off the top of my head. Could be bad knowledge for me, but I feel like he only scored three goals last season. So he's equaled his tally already and he's going to thrive under Gerrard, isn't he? Because he didn't have much chance to get forward because he was performing those defensive duties. But then in that, at the end of the game, he takes advantage of some extra space, gets forward. And he's a good, he can be a good finisher, McGinn Carner. Yeah, well, look, he's Scotland for him. Just look at that. He was... Uh... He turned into prime. Um, Look at those yeah, stats. There, there are some good stats, um, but he turned into prime little Messi for Scotland there for a period. You know, he just couldn't stop scoring against the likes of Faroe Islands and those. But um, he's he he knows where to find find the back of the net. You know, and he scores good goals. Like if you think back, John McGinn scores really good goals. Even remember last year, one that sticks into my mind is one that was chalked off for a ridiculous offside against Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal. yeah, yeah. And that was an absolute belter. And if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, his first goal wasn't it a worldly of a of a, a volley from outside the box against Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday yeah, yeah. yeah. So he scores good goals, but the, look, the goal was fantastic. There must have been what twenty passes prior to the prior to the ball going in the back of the net. But whatever about the goal, the celebration for me was even better. What a celebration! Uh, with the away, the away end looked like absolute carnage as well. <laughs> I saw that. Do we know what that celebration is all about? Do we know what the, the goggles is all about? Wasn't that something to do with it? it was it was like. It was a it was a fad or a phase or something like that that was going on a couple of years ago, and he was able to do it. And it's just as simple as that. I, I don't know why he's continued it okay. on, but it's an interesting one. If we'll anybody try and find knows, out. we'll try and find out. Answers in a postcard. Yeah, but great finish and great, great to see the Villa away fans. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I could see them from, from where I was sat, the atmosphere. To be fair, the Villa fans, you know, Palace is a lively ground. I've got to say, I think they've got the best home fans in the Premier League, Palace. That one end is so, so loud, always bouncing. They stick with the team. They, they never boo. They always stay with Crystal Palace. And, you know, but you could still hear the Villa, the Villa away end's always magnificent. You can you can just always hear it. And when that second goal went, went in, there'd have been no happier place to be in the country at that moment. Scenes of bedlam and carnage, a lot better than the scenes we'd seen the last time that fans were allowed mm-hmm. at Sellers Park and you've got stewards in there and people getting kicked out. So it's just, just great to see us. And you think then, oh, we're going to set out the game comfortably again for the second week running. Brilliant. I mean, we did say how relatively comfort- comfortably, but we did have to concede at the end, didn't we? Martinez will be upset to lose his clean sheet bonus. Mm-hmm. I actually, one of the rare times in the last two years that I've been able to get to watch the game with my dad and he was here, he He'd come up to visit today and uh, we were watching it. And I had just, literally, it's my fault, by the way, that, that they scored because I just turned around to him and said, wow, that's amazing. Two two clean sheets and two wins. What more could he ask for? No, and I killed looked, us now. Killed I us. looked at my dodgy stream and next thing I looked at him and he was laughing and he was there. Yeah, there you go. You just ruined it. You know, so, but it was one of those ones whereby even the way that he kicks the ball, the the, the striker or the, the, the centre half kicks the ball great. Yeah, yeah. Even the way he kicks it, like it's going to come off his foot weird and, and I think for a goalkeeper to try and even you know unless you're going at a full-blooded and committed Peter Schmeichel style you know and, and hoping that it hits off you I don't think you're going to get your reactions down to save it but it was one of those annoying little trickly ones there that you know just a fella who forgot to leave the leave the box after he'd come up you know for a set piece and 
you know, it's just it's one of those ones. I don't think I don't think like as I say, I mean Martinez would be pissed off about it, but I, I I'm not quite sure that Steven Gerrard will be losing too much sleep over it. Um, other than the fact that it you know it came hot in the heels of something that he said that we need to cut out. No, and then you know we spent a bit of time down the corner at the end of the yeah. game. It wasn't long left, but we saw it out relatively comfortably. Some great work by El Ghazi actually in the corner and Douglas Louise too. So we we set out the game without having to actually hang on because I think there was only a couple of minutes left by the time that, that Palace had got their goal back. And it's a great win. Really, really good, good win. As I say, the Crystal Palace, the first time I've lost at home all season. It's something to be proud of. And you suddenly, you bounce up to 11th. Yeah. You know, you lose a couple of games. You think, oh God, we're going to get relegated here. You win a couple of games, you move it to 11th and suddenly you're four points off sixth. Yeah. So the Premier League is mad. Absolutely. Who's to say, like, let's just say we pull a couple of points out of the next murderer's rows I mentioned that we have. Is a nice, right? easy game on Wednesday. Yeah. Really easy game on Wednesday. A real handy game, exactly, yeah, against the injury-laden Man City, we'll call them, even though yeah. an injury-laden Man City is still has what, a quarter of the GDP of Ireland still playing for them in in, in, uh, in transfer fees. But uh, it's, it's, it's not a nice thing to look at, and you would be hoping that maybe you could sneak a point, maybe against our win against Leicester, you know, to try and stem the bleeding between those two games. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be all against you know, damage limitation in those three games and then really rattle Burnley and, and, and look, welcome Dean Smith back, but shake his hand, but uh, shake his hand after a 2-0 win, you know, when, 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 uh, when we, we got to go to see him again. And look, he's gotten, he's gotten Norwich flying as well, four points from six, you know, considering they couldn't buy. Um, the, the, that's heady days for Norwich in the Premier League over the last couple of times yeah. they've been there, to be honest. Four points out of six. That's as good, that's as, good as he's gotten for exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Look, Wednesday is going to be interesting. And, uh, Stephen Gerrard was very measured in, his, in what we spoke afterwards. Uh, he was asked about the game on Wednesday and he said, listen, look, you know, we've got a couple of things. We can still work on things for this game. We will only have one day, I think he said, or two days to work on on uh, formations and setups. He goes, but he knows things that he wants to work on specifically for the game. And then he said, look, we'll go there and we give it our best shot. And, you know, realistically, I suppose, you know, Villa go there and they get anything out of the game, that would be a massive result for Aston Villa. And it would be a massive couple of points or maybe three or two points, whatever it is, dropped for Man City if they don't get a don't get a win. Yeah. I spoke to um one of Gerard's close friends after the game and he said, even as a manager, you know, going up against Pep, going up against Manchester City, this is what he lives for. Mm. So even as a manager he gets so excited and up for the big games. He wants to do well in them. He wants to test himself against the best. So yeah, he'll get the players up for it. He'll get them believing as well. You know, if we'd have played Man City a few weeks ago, you'd have been thinking, oh God, how many is this going to be? You know, they might still end up spanking us. But, you know, we're coming coming into it now with a little bit of momentum. And you, you never know. And like I say, from what his mate was saying, Steven Gerrard lives for games like coming up against Pep, coming up against the best. He wants to test himself against the best. Oh, he'll be playing to win. That's what he does. Of the perennial, uh, perennial is even the wrong word to use. But of the of the most recent top six, we call them traditional top six. Most recent traditional top six. Man City are the only team that we haven't beaten in the last eighteen, uh, last uh, twenty four months. Um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. we've beaten Chelsea. We've probably beaten right. Liverpool. Yeah. We've beaten United. You know, Man City are the ones that we owe a beating to. Um, if it's only a one 0 scrape, goes in off someone's backside. You know, and when was the last time we beat them? I'm trying to think. Was it not not that Vyman goal in front of the Holt? Was it? Was that the last time we beat them? I, I think it could have been. Yeah, that's the one that comes Jeez. to my mind. That's 2014. 
And if you look at our team that day, how on earth did we win that game and score three goals? Look at our, and only concede two. Like, look at our bench today. That that that's one of the like our bench today was one of the strongest benches I can ever remember us having in the Premier League. You, you Danny know, Ings not being needed off the bench yeah. is pretty big, I would say. Yeah, there was. I, th- I think I counted up. You know, Douglas Luiz, twenty million pound player, uh, Buendia, you know, record signing, Danny Ings, thirty million pound player. You know, there was there was the squad is there and it's getting healthy and and uh, you know, long may that continue. Yeah. Yeah, 2013 at Villa Park, I've just been told. 3-2, so it was the game. Now we were right. That was the last time we beat Manchester City at Villa Park. So, overdue, I would say. Mm-hmm. Due one. But yeah, it'd be a really, really tough game. We will be back with a match preview before the Manchester City game, either tomorrow or Monday. So, keep your eyes peeled for that. Thanks ever so much to Purity for continuing to sponsor us. To get 10% off their stuff, just use the code hashtag VillaView. Thanks to Neil for jumping on last minute and decided to have a chinwag with me about the game. As I say, I just got back. I was excited we'd won. I just wanted to talk about it. So I thought, where better to do it than on YouTube? Thanks to Adam as well, the producer, for jumping on last minute as well. Busy with family life, so it is always appreciated. I don't know how many people have watched, but if you have watched, I hope you have enjoyed it and you've taken something away from the show. Yeah, that does us. Watch out for the match preview and have an excellent weekend because we always do when Villa win up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.